what's up? Oh, uh, you know, normal stuff. <laughs> They're as normal as my stuff gets anyway. Mm. Uh, all right. How you been? Man, I've been good. How, how long has it been? It's been a little bit. Yeah, it feels like forever, and that's my fault, so sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. And I think the last time we did this, <clears throat> I mean, we knew you were going to be out of town or whatever, so we did a couple of them. So, yeah, yeah. we're all good, but yeah, it's that weird break. Like I know like the audience is probably like, well, you know, who, they don't understand, but yeah, it's been a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah, um, uh, what you what you been up to? What have you been listening to and all that? Oh well, you know, a little of this and a little of that. Um, you know, I've been listening to a lot, um, really a lot of more kind of lo-fi stuff because I have been absolutely swamped and hmm. discovered that lo-fi and classical tend to be really good work music. So if yeah. it has been just some random low high lo-fi hip-hop beats you know playlist it's been you know random rotation <laughs> <Most of them. laughs> so. nice yeah i've been i've been listening to uh uh a lot of uh cory henry you ever listened to him before yeah i well i haven't listened but you are the second person in the last like two weeks to recommend that mm, yeah he um he's a really great pianist um organist uh but he has a, a really good i think it only came out last year um he has a really good compilation album um i think it's called best of me uh I, i've had that like on repeat for the last like week or so or okay. longer because I, I i've listened to his music before um but i never uh i guess i never i didn't see this compilation come out or whatever and it's a really good a really good mix because it's primarily instrumental because he has the uh funk apostles that he plays with sometimes and i know they're on that album but um but yeah man it's just a super good super good collection um he's actually going to be in dallas pretty soon um in september for the riverfront jazz festival i believe oh nice um, yeah I've, so. I've got his wiki pulled up right now I'd, he's a quincy jones guy so i'm sure it has to be pretty good so um. yeah yeah, he, his stuff is super good, but yeah, and really good to that. I, I've enjoyed working to it. Like, like his music has a really like uh, I don't know. I'll just put it this way: it's the first description descriptor that comes to mind. It has like a good like soul to it, like a happy soul to it. Like you listen to it, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like even even in the so, slower, sweet grooves, you're still like like I don't know. It's a very expressive music, but I, I just love it. it. Keeps me in a great <laughs> great mood. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, that's that's in my go-to uh, work music. I feel like lately. <laughs> nice. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Let's see. I don't. I don't know, man. It's been. Man, I'm serious. The the past couple of weeks might as well have occurred in a vacuum. Like I've been so <laughs> like out of touch with what's going on around me. It's uh, it's mm. been weird. <laughs> which which i think is is part of being an adult sometimes you know mm. like oh, yeah. you get so wrapped up in whatever circumstances you're dealing with at a moment that you kind of forget that things outside that exist <laughs> and, well, uh, and and in terms yeah. of modern adulting i think it's really easy to kind of get in your own little world you know like 
whether it's digital or real <laughs> yeah, or virtual or real. Um, yeah, I think it's very easy to like create new ideas and I don't know if you want to call them obsessions or plans or whatever, but like, yeah, it's, it's super easy to like dial in and dial out like <laughs> certain yeah. things. But, like, yeah, I, I was super into that, you know, series or like super into that, you know, I don't know, whatever hobby, whatever. And then like you could immediately, I don't know, just switch over. It's just so easy. I don't know. I, I, I literally just had this conversation with my, my sister the other day, just talking about <laughs> like pe- the past. It's like how much work. I mean, I know we talked about this many times. It's like how much work you used to have to go into just meeting up or, or catching up, you know, now it's like, I don't even have to talk to you to catch up with you if I don't want to I'm like, <laughs> just go look at your page. Um, but no, but like in music, you know, like going out and finding it physically, there was like a, there was like a whole, I don't know, different dynamic involved in like making decisions. <laughs> it's, like your, it's like your time. You really had to think about how you're about to invest your time. Cause it was going to, you know, I don't know. One thing that was interesting could take up, you know, a portion of your day. Nowadays you can just see it, you know, instantly. Yeah. It just changes things, changes people. <laughs> it, it does. It does. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where, um, you, you know, first world problems are relative to whatever is the first world at the time. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. 200 years from now, when someone says first world problems, it's going to be because they're, you know, flying car has a thruster that's not functioning yeah, or something to go outside of their implanted brain yeah. virtual reality to actually go <laughs> use the restroom instead of just do it virtually. Yeah. <laughs> a coding error in their matrix means that they actually have to like go buy a coffee to taste it. Um, <laughs> and, but you know, same thing if you go back, right. If you go to, you know, 250 AD, then the first world would have been the Roman empire and their problems mm. were like, Hey, how do I eat today? You know, and that was, mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, that was a first world problem. And, um, it is kind of funny though, because we do have these kind of first world problems and these adult problems. Um, and you know, there are not to be too like hoity toity philosophical about anything. Um, cause it's two o'clock in the afternoon on a Monday and I have a <laughs> IPA tall boy here. Um, but you know, <laughs> Go <for it. laughs> yeah, well, but I'll, you know, I guess what I'm getting at is, People have had that thought, first world problems, whether whether they've put it in those words or otherwise, they've had those thoughts for a long time. Right. And it's kind of funny because, like, if you could go show a Roman citizen, right, if you could go tell them, show them all of our problems and sending text messages and emails and all that kind of stuff, of course, they wouldn't get the technology of it. Right. You know. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But they would absolutely understand the frustration of like needing a decision and sending a text or an email and then not getting a response back or or having some sort of very last minute scheduling conflict or whatever. Like they would be like, well, you know, it's going to take a week to hear back from them. So at least we can send a message really easily. You know, (laughs) I didn't have to have ink, you know, and a bird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, no, but it's just I don't know. I just always like to throw it back twenty years or so. I guess that's my frame of reference as a twenty-eight year old. <laughs> World started to change, you know. Um, like, yeah, I don't know. 
that like pre hyper digital age <clears throat> that like, you know, that still is kind of like semi analog, you know, here and yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, where, where you get online and get on a messenger service to schedule a time with your friends to go meet in the park and play outside. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, Dude, that's, I saw, I, I don't, and I don't know if I brought this up before, but, uh, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, me, me and my wife saw this random Reddit post of, it was almost like a, what is it? ASMR or whatever the thing is to like, you know, it's real satisfying to listen to. It was, it was just, uh, uh I, I would call it a montage because it was like all these like action, like angles and shit, but it was like a montage of a old CPU from like 1997 or something like powering on and just like the whole pro normal process of like that. And I was like, wow, like that, that's crazy. Like <laughs> how much it like, it like shook memories like loose in my brain. I'm just like, Oh my God. And all the time, like, you know, cause in my, in my house, like at least when I was, cause we didn't have one when immediately when I was younger, but eventually when we got one, it was like in the like middle area between the dining room and the kitchen or something. So I just had, I just immediately woke up all these memories of like sitting at the thing and hearing it, like basically like warm up and just like, you know, <laughs> power on and, and the freaking AOL, you know, and all that oh, shit. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. The, the like physical ones. noise of the computer booting on was jarring and that didn't, oh, yeah. then, then like the, a the, real the, machine. Then, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It was like a mechanical process. Like you had to like top <laughs> off the oil and, and prime it before you pulled the string to start the computer <laughs> yeah. a little bit or something. No, you know, pop out some tubes or something before you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clean out the air filter, just yeah. give her a tune up. Check the yeah, spark plugs, that kind of thing. Motherboard and put it back. Yeah, in. but no, it, it just it was crazy. And and like yeah, being thrown back to just like yeah, like thinking about days with like an iPod and just yeah, I don't know. It's just all such a different ritual nowadays to interact with music. And I, I know that's a running like theme I bring up all the time on my show, <laughs> but it's because I was always real from it. You know, I mean, as an as as a being as a human being, but as a being, all you're going to ever do is reflect on things that have happened and then hope for things that can happen. And so whenever you reflect, all you can do is, you know, ref like, like really pull in those reference points and models of like, what, what, was, what's fun to me and <laughs> like trying to figure out what that is, <laughs> but like, what was fun to you like 10 years ago and like 20 years ago, it's just, I don't know, maybe I'm just one to do that, but like, I just love to do that to make sure I'm appreciative and I don't know. It's just interesting. But and, 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 I mean, music <laughs> really keeps me tethered to that mindset, too, because I never want to feel like, oh, yeah, well, we're we've got everything figured out nowadays. It's like, well, there was some really great stuff in like 50, 70 years ago, too. <laughs> like, you can't <laughs> just forget about that shit and just move on. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, yeah I, I can't wait until like 350 years from now. And Bono will be 400 years old and somehow convince a studio to like put a U2 album on everyone's chip that just plays music in their head. <laughs> you know? It's like some, some Philip K. Dick premise. I mean, it, you know? <laughs> like oh some, some weird minority report or, or blade running type <laughs> issue. But uh, <laughs> I wonder if anyone would, will ever do that again. If, if I hope not. I, I mean, I didn't like it when it happened the first time. And, and, no, I know, but you know, now you have thing. to realize there, there's like a whole mass demographic that, that has never doesn't even know that that happened. Like, oh yeah, you know, that are like Apple users. Oh yeah, okay. So here <laughs> here's a recap for listeners who might not remember. Um, <laughs> about what sixteen or seventeen years ago, 
Um, I think it was like 12 years ago or 14. Well, whenever it was, I don't know. I can't remember. It seemed like I was in high school, but maybe it was call. I don't know. Whenever it was. Um, Bono and The Edge and the two other people in U2 uh, (laughs) somehow convinced Apple to just put the U2 album, I think it was Octung Baby, on everyone's iPhone and iPod. And then you had to listen to Bono say uno, dos, tres, catorce, uh, which if you're following along at home is one, two, three, 14 in Spanish. So it doesn't even make sense. Um, and yeah, you had to listen to that or Bono would come to wherever you lived and kill you. That's the way it worked. And, <laughs> um, no, no, I, did, I just remember when that like popped up and I was like, what is this? Because I was especially at the time, like, I got to have money. So I was like, I knew exactly what albums I had. <laughs> Cause there's only a handful. <laughs> and so when I saw that thing pop up, I was like, what is that? And I was like, I got the whole thing. What the heck? And I listened to them, like, I'm not, I'm not feeling that. And I remember just at, like everybody at school, like talking about them, like, did you get that YouTube album? I'm like, yeah. What was that? <laughs> yeah. That so it, it was just so, God, it was so weird, man. And yeah, it like, should have at least like opted you in. I mean, I nowadays know. that's probably what they would do is be like, Hey, YouTube yeah. wants to give you their out, but I guess they're streaming. So like, I guess it wouldn't be that big of a deal nowadays. Cause like, if you just add it, well, I don't want to say this out loud. <laughs> I was going to say nowadays cause of streaming in digital, like, you know, just how easy it is to add files and take it off. I mean, they could do it to everybody's streaming profile and it'd be super easy to just take it off, you know, cause you didn't download it or anything, yeah. but it was just, but then it was like, more intrusive. <laughs> Well, and yeah, the whole thing, uh, you know, what what hurt me about it is I was already kind of on the fence about U2. I didn't grow up in a U2 (laughs) family. Um, And, you know, I like I liked the Joshua Tree album, but most of the stuff outside Joshua Tree, I was pretty ambivalent towards. Yeah. But, you know, I still kind of had this respect for you too. Like, oh man, Joshua Tree was sure. great. And that guy calls himself the Edge. That's cool. <laughs> and then they put that on your phone and you're like, what kind of douchebag calls himself the Edge? <laughs> <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. What kind of what kind of environmentalist spends a million dollars on the light show and aerosol powered, you know. <laughs> Uh, pyrotechnics or whatever I, it just I, the whole thing pissed me off and, it, like, and in case you haven't figured out i still haven't forgiven you bono um, yeah i don't, I don't i'm not scared of, of you like, i feel like in our demographic like in our age range like there's that like have forgiven them They're like yeah i mean they got good music but like fuck that one time like <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah um, well you just want to say like Okay, Bono, I'm not scared of you. You have very powerful friends, but I'm a fat six foot three Texan and you're a five foot six Irishman. I'm not scared of you. (laughs) I would say if I ever meet Bono, the first thing I'm going to say to him is, why on earth did you put how to dismantle an atomic bomb on my iPhone in in whenever that was 2004 (laughs) or on whatever it was you keep throwing it back further and further yeah well it's just like it just destroyed every possible good thought i would have about you plus i don't know how many albums of theirs i can name i think joshua (laughs) joshua tree octung baby how to dismantle an atomic bomb (laughs) 
Well, you want to get into our topic for today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that, that would probably be for the best. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was rereading it. So the, the topic today is, um, I guess it's, this is relative to us, obviously. It always is. <laughs> but, you know, best or, you know, good three song streaks um, in an album. So some, uh, yeah, some hot streaks. Uh, I can start us off. <laughs> I actually, sure. I actually really like this one because as I started to think about it, I was like, "Oh, this album, right?" Like, it's, it's going to be right? Octung Baby like, by U two, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the first three are all U two albums. Actually, it's an amazing coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Edge didn't make my list. Um, good call. Uh, <laughs> It's like family feud. Good call. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I'll start us off um, with an album that I, that I love and I, I've definitely referenced before. And it's uh, Inner Speaker uh, by Tame and Paul. It's their his uh, debut album. And I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, these aren't just a three streak. It's like in the album, but it's also the starting songs. Um, and it's, it's not meant to be, which is a really cool, interesting kind of psych, psych rock song about a, a relationship, kind of a new relationship, whatever. Uh, I just always love that song. It's got, it, it's got great, uh, production value. Well, the whole, I mean, the whole album does, but, um, that opening one, well, honestly, all three of these do, and it might be why Kevin Parker put them towards the front. Cause I, I do feel like these three have a lot of work put into like the arrangement and production, but uh, that one, desire be, desire go, and then alter ego. Like those three, um, man, that's a that's a killer intro to an album. Um, that's why I always tell people if anyone like is telling me that they like psychedelic rock or they just like an artist that I would put in that genre or that you know realm of music, I, I, if, if they haven't heard this album, I always point them this way because uh, I just think it's phenomenal, man. The whole album's great, but that that opening three, woo. Can't touch it, <laughs> man. You know how difficult it is to get a woo out of Sam. That's that's something. <laughs> I mean, like that's I'm kind of one. I'm kind of just being a dick about it, but no, seriously, like that that really is high praise. <laughs> of the well, two of us, good. I'm the I'm the onomatopoeic, um, you know, wooer. <laughs> I guess. Um, so I, 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 please do take that. I mean, that really is a quite a compliment. Um, well, and I started with it, so that too. Well, yeah, that too. I mean, <laughs> leading it off with a woo, nowhere to go but down. Um, yeah, basically. <laughs> okay, well, um, I'm going to tell you, I spent a lot of time researching this. I spent a lot of time mm. going through my library on the internet i i um i asked my wife which i don't know why her taste in music is terrible but um it's <laughs> it's it's just funny though i did put a lot into this and you know this is another one where i think that you and i could have probably spoken for about four or five days on, on this. <laughs> um yeah this was one i had to give myself like specific bursts of time to like because if I let this linger like in the back of my head, like, I already did it today. Today, it was worse than the last week or so that we've let it, you know, bake in the oven. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that like 
yeah, like today I would just like get a random thought. I'm like, oh, that's a great album. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, like I, I mean, that really is how it is. And I, I do want to preface by saying that I don't I don't know that the answers that I have are like the best three song tracks. As always, this is just this is just stuff that for whatever reason, it really strikes a chord, no pun intended with me. And so, sure. um, yeah, well, and I'll <laughs> do that with mine too. Cause like mine's kind of like jumps all over the place and like, like what the hell? Like, how are you, why are you yeah. staying so focused on this genre, but not this one? It's like, I don't know. Like it just, <laughs> this is just how it came to me. And yeah. there, like I said before, there were ones where I'm like, Oh yeah, I got to include this album. Right. And I was like, I don't know. I think I would like this one better than that. So it was just, I don't know. It was an interesting one. So, <laughs> yeah. So with that in mind, we're starting off with the Wiggles live at the Sydney Opera House. Um, fruit salad. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I was like, uh, I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> like, all right. Maybe he's got a surprise. Maybe like, <laughs> you know, they do like some really killer covers and you know, you've been sitting <laughs> yeah. on this the whole, the whole time we've known each other. You're like, you know, I know you think you know music. But there's this one Wiggles album where like they actually like got everyone involved. They got Brian Wilson. They got they got everybody. You know, <laughs> I was waiting yeah. for something like that. You know, Jack White produced it or, you know, <laughs> some yeah, shit like you're that. really going to love their cover of the bitches back. Um. <laughs> well, I guess because in my mind, I, I, I immediately made the uh, the negotiation in my head of like, well, maybe it was done like um what is it? Yo Gabba Gabba style where like it is random shit or ra- random songs, but it's done by like, you know, big names, you know, like, right. <laughs> no. Um, so the first one I wanted to mention is, is an album I've been listening to a lot over the past hmm. year. Or so, um, which is spinning by the bastards of soul, a oh, yeah. uh, local Dallas Neo soul band. The album came yeah, out in 2020. Yeah. Um, and on spinning, tracks six seven and eight which is back to the city your love has turned my heart to bitterness and Mm. hard up and lonely um track six seven and eight from spinning and here's why i like them yeah you like the b-side yeah yeah so for one thing it's just three beautifully executed songs i mean they just and I don't know if their intention when they were curating the album, if it was have these three songs together because they all complement each other as, you know, mm-hmm. stylistically and thematically mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, whether they did that with any intent, that is the result. I mean, in the, in the songs in typical Bastards of Soul style, I mean, they have kind of the neo soul sound. So, you know, there's horns and there's stuff that sounds like it could be you know, Al Green or Aretha Franklin or whatever. Sure. But what I like about it is especially hard up and lonely has just a little bit of a twang to it. Mm. And it just, it, you know, it's kind of like my speaking voice. There's just a little bit of a twang. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just enough to let you know I'm from Texas, but not so much as to be distracting. Um, <laughs> so but if you ask, I'll tell you I'm from Texas. Not America. Yeah, Exactly. And by the way, you ain't going to have to ask. That's the best part of being from Texas. So that's what we <laughs> open with. But, um, <laughs> but uh, we're, we're like vegans and CrossFitters. Um, and, um, but yeah, I mean, I just love it because I think those three songs, again, just they're beautifully executed songs anyway. They're great. I mean, you can, 
you know, it is soul music. So I suppose saying you can feel it in your soul is kind of the point, but you know, <laughs> it's, um, you know, they're very good songs and they just have a little bit of Texas flavor and it's enough to yeah. kind of have that great soul sound, but also make it feel like you're, you know, like it's your home because so many other mm. soul artists, you know, they come out of New York or Motown or Chicago or whatever. Sure. And, you know, those are places that have a much richer history as far as being known for having jazz and soul and other kind of music come out of it. And sure. I love Texas music. I think Texas is not overlooked as a source of great music throughout history, but I, you know, Texas doesn't get the attention that New York does or LA does right. or whatever. Oh, and yeah. I get it. Um, yeah. I mean, I so, don't. But. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I don't really get it. I just, uh, if I get on a California sucks rant, we're going to be here all day. Um, <laughs> but, um, but no, that's a, know, that's a good answer though. Um, yeah. Cause they're, they're, uh, the, the first three of that album are stellar too. The, I've got the key, the way it's oh, yeah. and, and spinning out of control. Those are, those are phenomenal. Um, you know, and this is a great album that follows the, like, this would be a great album just because you bring up the B side and I'm bringing up the A side that this is a good example. Uh, and I don't know if you ever heard this analogy or, or comparison or whatever of an al an album that the A side is like Saturday night. And then the B side is like Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I feel like this is a good, good example of that one. Um, yeah, it's like the, the energy on the upfront and the more the seriousness or the, you know, the slower tempo stuff. Yeah. And, you know, from ages 18 to 26 or seven or so, you know, I was a Red Bull and Saturday night guy and now I'm a black coffee and Sunday morning guy. So maybe, <laughs> maybe this is also a testament to my changing tastes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, That's so Bastards one. of Soul spinning is the album spinning. Nice, nice. Well, I also just realized that I actually did two other Tame and Paul albums, so I'm going to do those two together really quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the other ones, I guess I'll do it in order because this is in order. Um, so the, I started off with Inner Speaker, then the next one is Lonerism. Uh, the, my favorite three uh, three song streak on that one is Ender's Toy, uh, Apocalypse Dreams, and uh, Mind Mischief. Uh, one Mind Mischief might be my favorite one on the whole album i don't know what it is about the drums and the, just the rhythm on that with the with the guitar it's not like a crazy song or anything like that but i just man i just remember when i first heard that song out of all the tracks on lonerism that that caught me first uh, and the weirdness of ender's toy that beginning especially that real psychedelic like i think it's a it's a it's a synth wave for sure that that he's adjusting but it was just it was just nuts and that you know my ear my ear, I guess this was like 10 years ago or something like that, was just like, woo, real, like, you know, <laughs> real, real curious about the whole album um, after hearing the this little burst. Because I, I don't think this was me when I was a little less disciplined, whenever I was like trying to listen to music, like as an as an album or whatever. Like, and, and I, I know I jumped into it around here because I just remember hearing these three songs and just thinking like, I need to listen to this whole album and be more, you know, observant or whatever. But that, that those are just so good, uh, uh, and again, those are all great examples of you know high high quality like psychedelic rock or whatever. Uh, and then another one is 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 Currents, which is the album that came out in I think that was twenty fifteen, 
Um, can't believe it's art. It's been seven years since that album came out. It's nuts. Uh, the three streak on that album though is Disciples, Cause I'm a Man, and Reality in Motion. Those are just great songs. One, Cause I'm a Man. I just I don't know the again the the texture and the 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 the, the timing of that song. It's just it's just such a, a smooth song. Um, Disciples is good, and, and Reality in Motion. It's, it's just good, like high energy, like because he's he gets much more synth, you know, focused um, or electronic and and currents and. That whole album is phenomenal. Like that's one of those ones where I could have probably picked multiple <laughs> bursts of three, but this was like the most significant. I think I, in my mind, like I think I played these, this little part maybe the most or got really sucked into that part. But yeah, man, I mean, Kevin Parker is just, a, he has a phenomenal ear. Uh, anytime he's involved in like literally anything, I'm, I'm in it. I literally haven't had found anything yet that I'm like, mm, not for me. <laughs> it's like always. <laughs> hell Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Um, all right. Well, let me see. Um, I think next what I'll talk about is uh, the album My Aim is True from Elvis Costello, 1977. Mm. Um, nice. So before I mention the songs, I want to tell you, I am not just a huge Elvis Costello guy. Um, okay. <laughs> like, I, Let me rephrase that. I, I like Elvis Costello certainly more than I like you too. Um, and I, I tend to like a lot of Elvis Costello. It's just not normally music that I seek out. Mm, like, sure. Yeah. I probably won't change the station, but I'm never, I'm very rarely going to be like, Oh man, you know what I could go for an Elvis Costello marathon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Except I for my you. aim is true, which I think is one of the best albums released in the last 50 years. Um, it was his debut album, and the tracks that I want to talk about are numbers five, six, and seven, which would be Allison, Sneaky Feelings, and The Angels Want to Wear My Red Shoes. And mm-hmm. um, Allison is a beautiful song. It's actually where the al- album gets its uh, name, My Aim is True. Um, Allison's kind of a goofy song. It seems to be about some Cupid-type angel chasing someone, which is funny. Um Sneaky feelings. That's a typical, you know, I think, um, I think that maybe, um, millennials or Gen Z would call it catching feelings instead of sneaky feelings, but I'm not Mm. too hip on the lingo. And then, uh, (laughs) the angels want to wear my red shoes is just a great fun song. And I I really wish I had more in-depth breakdown of the music, but the really why I wanted to bring this album up is that it's just it's almost perfect. It's short. It's Mm. got like 10 or 11 tracks, but is like 33 minutes long. Um, you know, I don't know what you would officially talk, call this kind of music. If it's like pop punk or very early alternative or or what I would say early Costello is kind of that pop punk. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's just, it's just interesting. And it's, you know, it's, it's, punk for people who maybe didn't want to listen to the sex pistols or whatever. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I like it. It's also a little bit twangy, which, um, Elvis Costello is definitely not from Texas, but still I appreciate the twang of a good Telecaster. And, um, <laughs> but it's, it's just a great album. Really the whole album's great. I mean, you could pick almost any three songs and they would seem like they go together, um, from mm-hmm. my aim is true, but, 
it's just it's just so fun i mean it's just a great album to listen to which is a stupid thing because you can't really do anything but listen to an album right um you know it's a great album to smell um you know but uh, i mean i guess you can look at it if you have yeah it's a great album to look at it actually does have a very cool cover um but it's just very fun and and it's you know my aim is true. The song Allison kind of brings the mood back down a little bit. And then it, it ramps back up with sneaky feelings and the angels won't wear my red shoes, but it's, it's just, I don't know what to say other than it is just an incredibly fun three song stretch there um, from mm-hmm. Elvis Costello. So I did yeah. want to mention that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my dad's a big Elvis Costello fan. I think he, he really likes that album and uh, I think it's stampede. It's the other one. Yeah. Stampede's not bad. All right, so my my next one's pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> um, my next one is uh, it's off of the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. Uh, I, I have said this before. So my favorite song off of that album is Soul Love. And so starting with that, that's the second song. That's the second track on the album. Soul Love, Moon Age, Daydream, and Starman. Um Soul Love, I just love the beat. It's got a great, great rhythm to it. Um, it's very simple, but I just love it. It's so clean. I love the, the how, just how it sounds. Um, and the lyrics, it's just a great, it's a, it's a great, um, I guess I would kind of call it more of a poem of him breaking down different forms and concepts of love. Um, whether that's like a mother and a, and a son, uh, or like, I don't know, it's just like, all sorts of different random, random. I mean, some of the stanzas are just like random little, you know, stories that he puts together and then throws away. Uh, but it's just a great song. I just always love the flow of that song. And the Moon Age Daydream is just epic. Um, I will always uh, praise, you know, Mark Ronson's guitar style for that at that time, um, you know, for being kind of cutting edge proto punk kind of real gritty uh, edge that, you know, I, I think helped Bowie excel and, and, and skyrocket, you know, through the, 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 the people the, the the you know the youth at the time because of that that guitar style and and, and moon age daydream is just epic sci-fi you know story <laughs> and then starman is more of the you know more groovier um more acoustic guitar led and uh uh it's got a little disco to it too you know towards the end which is you know also kind of cutting edge there uh but man just super good uh because that came out in 72 but i also will say i'll just throw this out as a um uh, honorable mention uh the man who sold the world i also feel like the opening three tracks on that album are very strong um the width of a circle all the madmen and black country rock i mean a you know very young you know very like eclectic bowie you know uh in his writing style i guess primarily but again it's just he's he's with his first studio band and they're just those three songs are all just executed really well over some weird you know lyricism for the most part and so it's just i don't know it's an interesting it's an oddity for sure but it's just uh it's a cool like i've I've always thought that album was cool but particularly those opening those opening ones but you know bowie you know how yeah um you know it is kind of funny i was um i guess on thursday last week um but you know to give everyone a peek behind the curtain we were supposed to record last week then i had something crazy pop up so um but i I did most of my research last thursday and Mm. um when i was going through my personal library and i got to bowie 
I started mm. looking at the albums and I went, yeah, I'll leave that to Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny how those go that like, whenever we try and do like these like topics that really make us think or like, I don't know. I mean, all of these are relatives. So like our personality, you know, floats to the top no matter what <laughs> in a certain way, but like, or a character in some way, but like the, the, there, there are things where like, you know, I'll be working on one. I'm like, Oh, Oh, I forgot to include so-and-so it's like, but I've yeah. to keep it so, you know, diverse and like, you know, genre and time spanning and like, you know, <laughs> like, but I got to include so-and-so, but yeah, he, he was one that, I didn't even have to write those down. I just put Bowie because in my, <laughs> my head, I just knew I knew those. <laughs> yeah, that's not surprising. And uh, when we when we start winding down and get to the rapid fire, um, will th- this this will come back? Um, because <laughs> I I don't I don't have a Beatles album that I wanted to discuss in length oh, wow, because really? you know. Well, yeah, I mean, we don't have to do it in length, but we can we can listen. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I I think that you can. I, I mean, I think Abbey Road. Um, and, well, no, we can say that towards the end. <laughs> well, yeah, and and Rubber Soul both. I think you can pick literally any three stretch. Yeah, yeah. Know, I think I wrote. It. Wait, did I? Let me. I know. I thought. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> Abbey Road and Rubber Soul is cheating, is what I wrote on the bottom of the second page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and see, I wrote Rubber Soul and Abbey Road whole album. <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> um okay well i guess now we won't bring that up later um <laughs> but um okay another one i wanted to mention um and actually uh talking about bowie is a good segue to talk about nirvana unplugged in new york um mm. oh, yeah. yeah and so first off any any like grunge people are going to be like, Oh, that's not real Nirvana. Real Nirvana is only <laughs> yeah. never mind and whatever. And you know, and I'm like, Oh, okay, whatever. I understand that. We got their game cranked up. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> but Nirvana unplugged. Um, first off, my parents thought Nirvana was a heavy metal band. And so I wasn't allowed to listen to Nirvana um, growing up, which is really funny. Um, I always, I know that you had some restrictions on your intake when you were growing up, Sam. And a lot, I had a lot oh, of yeah. friends who like couldn't watch the Simpsons and stuff and I could watch the Simpsons and all sorts of other stuff, but I couldn't listen to Nirvana for whatever reason. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was the song rape me. Maybe that's what they didn't like. That um, did it in, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but unplugged in New York, I got a burned copy of it when I was in about seventh grade. And that was my introduction to nirvana outside of mm. you know hearing smells like teen spirit on sure. tv shows and movies and stuff yeah um, TV. so unplugged in new york was my introduction to nirvana and i happen to love the mm. album i don't care what the grungies say about it and maybe they're right i don't know um <laughs> but i think that the last three tracks on Unplugged in New York, Lake of mm-hmm. Fire, All Apologies, and Where Did You Sleep Last Night, tracks 12, 13, and 14. I think that might be my favorite three-track conclusion to any album oh. ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it, because I it's... Yeah, I mean, it's it, so Lake of Fire is a, you know, a cool song about being damned to eternity of 
you know, being burned alive in a lake of fire. Um, so, you know, it's a really uplifting message and, um, (laughs) but it's a, it's a meat puppet song. All apologies is I think one of the better, more kind of beautiful songs that Nirvana ever performed. Um, it was one of the last ones he wrote, right? Like, yeah, it is one of the last ones that Kurt Cobain wrote. And then where did you sleep last night is an old, old, old tradition. I mean, they don't even really know who wrote it, but, but they did lead bellies version and, um, Mm, yeah. You know, Kurt Cobain's voice towards the end of Where Did You Sleep Last Night? I mean, between the singing and talking and smoking cigarettes and drugs and all that stuff, his voice was super raspy and super soulful. And so it really kind of fit, um, you know, it was that same mood that Lead Belly's version had. Um, <laughs> but, you know, instead of a very poor man who grew up in a terrible environment in the South and had to overcome all these obstacles, it was just a moody, um, guy from Seattle, but, um, <laughs> well, I guess not from Seattle, from Aberdeen, Washington. Um, but you know, and I, I, the first off, I admire any person, um, any white guy from Aberdeen, Washington who can manage to sound that soulful. So, you know, props to Kurt for that, but <laughs> also, it's just, I, I don't know, it's, 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 they're just so beautifully executed. I, like, there's not one thing I would change about any of those three songs and how they're presented. And Dave I Girls, think that that says a lot, especially for a live album, you know, live album. One thing that I love about live albums is the little bitty mistakes and inconsistencies. And, you know, mm. I, I love that it, they normally don't have this overproduced feel and you can feel the band kind of coming in and out of uh, sync with each other and all that kind of thing, which is what I love about live music. Mm. Um, and even, and I, I'm a big deadhead, as you know, so I listen to a lot of live music. Uh, <laughs> and in every live album, there's in every track on every album, just about there's something I would change if I was in charge of changing them. Right. And, I don't think on any live album I've ever listened to, there have been three songs in a row that I wouldn't touch. If I was given magical Photoshop abilities um, or music shop (laughs) abilities to go in and change something about how they're presented on the album, I I wouldn't do it. There's all sorts of live albums where I absolutely would do that, but I would never do that to those three songs on Hmm. Unplugged from New York. And uh, that's what I just really appreciate. Plus, if I'm being honest, there is the kind of nostalgia of like putting that burn disc into my Sony disc man (laughs) or the Walmart (laughs) version of a Sony disc man and, um, you know, listening to it on the bus on the way to school. And it just, you know, it, it, it's something else. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. I'll need to, I'll need to re-listen to that that streak because I, I yeah i can't recall the uh i mean I, I remember the all apologies one for sure but those other two covered well um uh, i'm gonna make mine a little faster moving forward um <laughs> me too <laughs> <laughs> just because i just realized that like i got a lot um so this one i'll i'll, I'll do two of them really fast because um, it's the same artist um uh, it's, it's childish gambino uh i guess i'll do I'll do chronological order. Uh, I'll start with because the internet. Uh, first of all, that entire album is ridiculous, and just it's up up the, it's up there with one of the, like one of the best albums done, like in the 2010s or whatever. 
but the the it was very hard to pick um honestly since it's a concept album it had a lot of like you know short short um tracks in it that disrupted the streak you know more than anything honestly but the streak on the album that i'll stick to is shadows telegraph avenue and uh sweatpants uh that that is just man it, like the, the first two are so so smooth and just i don't know it's just a good time man and by the time you get to sweatpants like it's it, yeah it's lit like it's just like it's just fun man like that's just a great like i mean the whole album is like a lot of fun to listen to honestly it's a great experience but like uh that that three streak right there is just like that's awesome that, that's a good driving uh you know streak <laughs> get you bumping <laughs> Um, and then after that is Kauai. Um, and I think this is, this is the opening three as well, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, Kauai, it's, uh, sober pop thieves and retro. Uh, those are all just like, whoo, just like pop greatness, man. Like, it's just so good. Like, fuck. Like the, like, I just remember when that, when that album came out, like I played that thing like on repeat, <laughs> just like forever, man. Like that was like, I don't know. 2014 or something like that it's so good but uh yeah those are super good um because i think there's only five tracks on that thing anyways but those first three are just whoo awesome <laughs> man so i'll stop there <laughs> yeah i need to get more into gambino um okay i will also do two they are not the same artist they did come out within about less than two years of each other i guess that's something uh <laughs> um so the first one i'm gonna mention is an album that a lot of people uh haven't actually heard of and it's dark side of the moon by pink floyd uh, oh yeah that's a rarity <laughs> yeah it's like everyone knows you know uma guma and the other really big pink floyd hits but not everyone knows dark side of the moon um 1973 tracks three four and five time great gig in the sky and money Money is the weak link there, and it's still a great song. Um, like you know, the weird time signature, the cool beat, um, saying yeah, the word shit, which is always cool. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, we've talked about this ad nauseum, so I don't want to harp on it, but you know, Dark Side of the Moon is one of those albums that has a lot of hype and deserves every bit of hype it gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 just a great album. And that was that group of people in that time and moment in history coming together and doing things that way. And it just was perfect. Um, yeah. I also want to mention the album blue by Joni Mitchell. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, Joni Mitchell, and we've talked about this a lot too. I could listen to her sing the phone book. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I just love everything she does um yeah. blue is a great album and the four five and six hitters on that album are carrie blue and california oh, and yeah. um which is nice all one word titles so makes it even quicker except when i stop to explain that and um but you know blue's just <laughs> a great a album one. it was you know joni yeah. mitchell i don't think you know by the early 70s there were already plenty of women solo acts in the world of music right um well i don't want to say plenty like they reach some sort of quota but there were a lot you know tony mitchell (laughs) yeah i I don't know how you would handle that ratio (laughs) yeah and and i'm and that i promise is not how i meant it but all i meant is it's not like (laughs) joni mitchell was the first 
you know, or or, or well, something one, like that. They got one on their side. They're good. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't the first. You know, she wasn't. She wasn't having to deal with some of the huge obstacles that that women faced um, coming before her to break into the music industry. Not mm-hmm. to say that mm-hmm. she had an easy road to hoe or anything, because I don't. I don't know, but you know. I would be willing to bet that her road hoe was a much easier road hoe than Ella Fitzgerald's. And um, Mm. so, you know, that's all I want to say about it. But Joni Mitchell (laughs) was immensely popular. She wrote her own music, played her own songs and weird tunings and all that kind of stuff. And I just, I wish that she would get a little more credit for being a huge, um, female figure in that kind of singer songwriter movement in the late sixties hmm. and and seventies. And maybe she gets yeah. enough credit and I just love her so much that I don't think she does get enough credit, but I don't <laughs> think she gets enough credit. I mean, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I feel like almost, I mean, not to, to, to put down your argument, but I, I just feel like most singer songwriters from the last like decade, at least have, have made a point to like highlight her. Cause didn't, didn't she just get the, um, Hall of Fame or Kennedy Award, like within the last five years or something like that. Yeah, I uh, think like so. And, like it, and again, and there was she, a lot of people because like, I, I know like Taylor <clears throat> Taylor Swift cites her as like her biggest or one of her like grandest inspirations to want to be who she is. Yeah, uh, and despite that, I really like Joni Mitchell still. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I do her think she owes us an apology amazing. for the Taylor Swift stuff, but you know, really, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I just, I, and I know Joni Mitchell. It's again, she's not forgotten. It's not that you know, just no one listening to this is going to be like, who the hell is Joni Mitchell? Like, it's, it's not, <laughs> what? What do you mean she's from Canada? What is that? Um, uh, you know, it's it's nothing like that. I just mean like for all of the accolades and praise that she gets, I still think it's lacking. Um, <laughs> I, and, and that that's all. And that may be me kind of fangirling on Johnny right. Mitchell a little bit, but I don't know. Well, I'm I'm sure if you get me or you probably in the right realm of thinking, we could be the same defensive manner as as uh trying to defend george harrison or something well like, <laughs> yeah you know, like, oh you mean the guy that was a beetle i'm like yeah but like don't just talk about that like what like what? you know <laughs> yeah Dude, hey have you heard of this guy's from minnesota his name's bob dylan you ever heard of him he's like a big deal <laughs> people should talk about him uh, <laughs> but anyway so yeah pink floyd dark side of the moon Joni mitchell blue nice um All right, I'll throw out two kind of <laughs> random ones. Um, they're real ones for me, but like, yeah, definitely you might not expect me to like go here uh, or like go to these two, but I will do two as well. We'll just keep that up. Uh, the next one is a Tribe Called Quest album. It's uh, Midnight Marauders. Uh, might might be my favorite. I, I do love Low End Theory, though. That's phenomenal. But uh uh, we can get down electric relaxation and clap your hands. Uh, those are just, that's like a part of that album. Where I'm just like, I mean, I try not to skip albums anyways, if I'm going to, if I'm not, if I'm not shuffling that anyways, but like that was just one that I remember the first time listening to that album, uh, shoot 11 years, 12 years ago or something like that. And, and just being like, I just love that part of the album. Like that portion of it was like, my like you know corner of the album or like whatever <laughs> like that's where i i'll start there or like whatever 
but that, that that's a good one. And then uh, <clears throat> the other album will be uh, Damn the Torpedoes by Tom Petty, H, uh, TP and the HBs. Um, and the, the streak is Refugee, Here Comes My Girl, and Even the Losers. Um, I just always like that album. Uh, but those those three, that's again. I, oh, are those? Is that the opening? I can't remember. Uh, it, it's either the opening or like just past it. Yeah, but, well, it it's opens with Refugee, I believe. So yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I think it is the opening three. Yeah. That is a great album. Yeah. So, I like yeah. I like Here Comes My Girl. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Um, yeah, you know, some classic pity for you. Yeah, man. That, um, and by the way, I am a big Midnight Marauders fan. I'm, I'm glad you like it. I like the low end theory a lot. <laughs> um, and I've probably listened to the low end theory more. Um, hmm. but yeah, Midnight Marauders is great. And that song, I'm, I'm gonna have to pull up the wiki. It's the one that has Busta Rhymes on it. Um, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a, I, I don't know. I've got a soft spot for Buster Rhymes and I can't, I don't, I can't really <laughs> explain it other than it seems like when I was a kid, he like had a cameo on Nickelodeon or something. And I'm sure I thought it was great. Um, <laughs> now you're uh, committed. Yeah. Plus he's <laughs> in, um, yeah, he was in a movie called uh, Finding Forrester, which I happen to love, too. So I'm a big Buster mm. Rhymes fan for that. Um, nice. <laughs> okay, well, I have i don't have that many more written down, so I'll I'll do the last few I have quickly. And okay, then if yeah. you want to rapid fire or whatever. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so very quickly, the ones that I wanted to highlight... Um, the first three tracks on the big come up by the black keys, 2002, oh, yeah. that would be busted, do the romp and I'll be your man. Yeah. And, are good. Um, you know, that's, I came from a blues rock kind of background when I was really kind of expanding my musical intake. Um, mm. I didn't know the black keys existed in 2002, but when I was in high school, someone gave me a copy of this album and, um, it was the first thing that I had heard that had been made during my lifetime that sounded really like what I thought blues driven rock should sound like. Uh, (laughs) and I just, I mean, it, that was, it was like, I, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's like hamburgers, right? Everyone who's not a vegetarian or a vegan in the United States has eaten plenty of hamburgers in their life, and they probably like hamburgers. Blues-driven rock music was hamburgers for me, and it's like every hamburger, no matter how good it was, was still a hamburger. And then I heard those three tracks on that album, and it was like opening life up. It's like, did you know they make hamburgers with bacon? And I was like, oh, my God really that's amazing. um so that's uh, that's i've always had a soft spot for that um that was that was actually i'll tell you that was actually the first album that popped into my mind when oh, we decided nice. on this topic cool um, yeah. and i mean it was just like it was just like that um yeah i had a key, the same thing with the with a different keys album but same thing with magic potion uh that, that was it came to my head because magic potion i don't know if i've ever told you this but when i started learning the guitar I almost learned that album like all the way through because I loved it that much. Like I was like, fuck, like this is like great. Like 
rhythmic like rock like blues shit like i just love it like i'm gonna learn the whole damn thing and like it's really it, it's a great starting point i will say that for blues rock um but literally the first like <laughs> first like the whole album <laughs> i yeah. can't pick like it's it, yeah. that's one of the ones it's on my list here somewhere it says black keys magic potion doesn't matter it's cheating yeah um, <laughs> i just it's so good man like just gotta be your touch and you're the one that opens it up and then it's followed up by just a little heat give your heart away and strange desire and then the three after that is modern times the flame and goodbye babylon and then it wraps up with black door elevator and the way i feel when i'm with you which i think is a bonus track um that they added later but like it's just all fucking good can't touch it yeah <laughs> you, good, goodbye babylon is a song i showed my best friend who had also never heard of the black keys and because i when i heard the big come up i went I went to half price books or something and bought mm. like every black keys CD that they had there. <laughs> and, um, magic potion was newer, I guess. Um, but anyway, I got it and I was showing my friend and when goodbye Babylon came on, like as soon, you know, cause it starts off with that huge riff, right? Yeah. And right when it actually got to the drums coming in at the tail end of that riff, my friend who is a drummer just goes, Oh hell yeah. And I was like, yeah, right. And that's what every, like their whole catalog is. It just makes you want to say hell yeah. Within the first five seconds of a note being played. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, Oh man, I'm all for it. Um, the last two I wanted to mention very quickly. Um, Ryan Adams, heartbreaker from the year 2000 um, mm. tracks seven, eight and nine. Uh, you call me on your way back home. Damn, Sam, I love a woman that rains and come pick me up. Um, come pick me up, I think, has been used in TV and movies maybe before. Yeah. Damn, Sam, I love the woman who rain that rains is just kind of a goofy song that I don't can't really articulate why I like it so much. I just do. <laughs> and then call me on your way back home. It's just kind of a sweet love song. But um, that's just. It's a great song. I, it really is a shame that Ryan Adams turned to, out to be such a creep. He's like Kevin Spacey, right? I mean, <laughs> Kevin Spacey was such a great actor and was good in everything so he did. And then you learn that he's such a creep and you feel bad watching, you know, the usual suspects anymore. And that's. Oh, yeah. That's like that, now that's, when you watch seven, you're like, oh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's like with Ryan Adams, the same thing. Like I go to listen to Heartbreak. And I'm like, oh, man, why did I quit listening to this? And then I Google Ryan Adams. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, the last one I wanted to mention is the self-titled album from Vampire Weekend and um, mm. if you had to line up 500 Vampire Weekend fans um, or if there's 500 people I guess and ask a random person to pick the Vampire Weekend fan out of the bunch I'm guessing that I would be one of the last people picked <laughs> especially when i started listening to them because I, I was a welder and driving a delivery truck and just anyway but whatever um <laughs> but the way that album closes it closes tracks 9 10 11 uh i stand corrected walcott and the kids don't stand a chance and all three of them are basically these like kind of angsty baroque pop rich yuppie high school kid angsty love hate summer songs and yeah i don't know how many adjectives that was but it wasn't <laughs> enough to accurately describe it um I, like i can't figure it out it's like 
the whole album is like problems of very wealthy high school students in the Northeast. Like it's you know, <laughs> like, I don't know what about it. I am least relatable to like the yuppie part, the rich part, the Northeast part. I mean, it's, I, and I wasn't in high school when it came out. So I wouldn't even like not even that part. Um, I don't know why I like it other than just like a lot of the other things. And maybe this is, maybe this is the peak into my psyche is it's just three beautifully, beautifully executed songs that just feels like it wraps the album up. Mm. And I, I don't know that the whole album was devised as a concept album, um, you know, <laughs> to negotiate the problems of very wealthy, uh, you know, New England <laughs> teenagers or whatever, but um, My first world but, album. yeah, but it just, <laughs> it wraps up perfectly and it really just, everything is very nice and neat and in its place and executed perfectly. And every time the last notes and the kids don't stand a chance, wind down, like I always stop the album and I just take five seconds to just be with myself and cherish those last few notes. And it's not some weird thing that I'm doing because I'm some sort of abnormally spiritual person. It just, (laughs) you know, it's like you finish the last lines of a book you've been reading and you shut the book and just, and you let out a breath. And for a second, it's just you and the book and your feelings about the book. And then you continue along with your life. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, like there, it's not, it's not on my list, but there, there's a song that comes to mind as you're, um, breaking down this description of this feeling um hel- it's called helplessness blues by the by fleet foxes and the second half of it is like in half the time and it's like a slowed down version and uh, or, or it's just slower and um yeah and the last the la- that slowed down version i just like i pay attention like it's like if i if it comes on or if i put it on purposely and i'm doing something when that last moment comes down, and I, I think it's like a minute long or a little bit longer. Uh, I just always, it's a ritual of mine. I've realized that with this song, I don't know what it is. I love that closing part of that song so much that I just stop and I make sure to pay attention. And I, I want to get this tattooed eventually, but I, I've always loved the closing line of that song altogether is someday I'll be like the man on the screen is how it ends. And it always like sent a shiver down my spine. Like I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, oh man. And I just think ever since then, I always just try to recapture that that feeling. But yeah, I just try to honor the ending of that song. I don't know what it is, but I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, those, so those are the last few that I had written down nice. in specific tracks. Uh, the, all all of my other honorable mentions um, are normally just full albums that that like you the to, to put it like you did. It felt like cheating to pick on them. Cheating, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll make. I'll try and make mine fast. Um, oh, I'll start from Radiohead. Here we go. <laughs> uh, I, I guess I'll go in chronological order. Um, okay, okay, computer. Uh, climbing up the walls. No surprises and lucky. Um, I know climbing up the walls is a little like moodier compared to the other two, but like that whole album is you know so great. But that that little streak of it, I don't know why I've always loved those those the most. Um, I guess together there's, I mean, like, you know, karma police and paranoid Android, you know, and there's some phenomenal things on that album, but those three, I don't know why that's always been like, I've loved that section. Um, and then it, in rainbows, um, another album of theirs, 
there's Reckoner, House of Cards, and Jigsaw falling into place. Oh, all three of those are just like, I used to have a buddy named Victor, um, who is a foreign exchange student from Brazil that lived here for about a year. And uh, we were really close friends um, when he was here. And uh, we would just exchange and talk about music all the time. And he was obsessed with this album. Um, and so we would listen to this thing all the time. And it has grown on to me. I mean, I, I loved it. I mean, the first time he played for you, I loved it. But like, it has become one of my like, those albums where like, if anyone talks shit about it, like, I'm going to stand up and like, say something like, <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, man, get out of here. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, so good. That whole that, that album felt like cheating. But um, that, those three, though, untouchable. Uh, then there's Run the Jewels 2. Uh, oh, my darling, don't cry uh blockbuster night part one and close your eyes um <laughs> and count to fuck is the the full title um <laughs> that song is also features zach de la rocha uh which was like his first feature in like 15 years or some shit like he had, had been around you know the rage against the machine front man um so that was crazy uh that's not the opener i think that that's that's a one track past the opener but run the jewels 2 is also one that i i, <laughs> I felt like i was cheating um this one's more of a singer songwriter i wanted to include one of these uh kind of indie too uh tall, the tallest man on earth um what well, I, I like this guy I like the way he i like the way he writes honestly um the album is the wild hunt and the three tracks are king of spain love is all and thousand ways it's just really good singer songwriter like it's just him and an acoustic guitar but it's very um it's kind of more upbeat those those well uh king of spain and thousand ways to try love is all is a little more moodier if i'm remembering right but those three are phenomenal but that whole album i've I've just always loved um now i know we touched on the beatles and stuff like that but i i did make notes um so i i just wanted to call out that i i, I think yellow submarine <laughs> actually has has one of my favorite tr like three streak three song streaks of the beatles actually like I, as i was reflecting on these notes that's what i wanted to bring up more than anything is like yes i love the white album like that is phenomenal and and while my guitar gently weeps happiness is a warm gun and martha my dear are a phenomenal streak and not only are they a phenomenal streak of musicianship but also shows their individual songwriters like nature i feel like that you know why my guitar gently weeps is a collaborative kind of spiritual expressive thing happiness is a warm gun is a weird eclectic aggressive at times but classic rock kind of sound that's john like to a t and then martha my dear is like a great you know happy boppy like more of a domestic song about his dog um <laughs> and uh that's paul and and, and so I, that's always been the great but the yellow submarine has hey bulldog it's all too much and all you need is love back to back to back and i don't know if i've ever said this to you but it's all too much is one of my favorite george harrison songs like of all time it's like it's like proto grunge psychedelic just like it's too loud like <laughs> it's like it's insane like it is such a crazy it 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 belongs on the big come up or like you know, like it's like it's just so gritty and like it's just like crazy and like sure like his lyricism and i think his singing could have done been a little bit better but i just don't think they were taking it that i don't think george martin and like the team was taking it too seriously so i don't think they gave it a lot of takes and stuff 
I just love that song. Like I want to cover that song and, and, and make it maybe the way it should be. But I just think I love it's the organ. I that, like I'm, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of any usage of a Hammond organ just about. Yeah. But, but oh, and I love that. Yeah. And it's all too much. Oh, I love it, man. I was hoping and, you and were yeah. going to go with some of the orchestral selections like pepper oh, lamp oh, laid to waste no. and March of the meanies <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Starting <laughs> with the March of the Meanies, the blue meanies, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, but that's what I, I, I started making the three, streaks out of the Beatles albums I just realized like actually man the Yellow Submarine is like pretty unique to me like I, I just think that those are like awesome like very yeah. unique and probably not always highlighted um but in addition to that I also wanted to say that Imagine has a great three streak um in my opinion of oh my love how do you sleep and then how um one I've always loved that that the way they curated the tracks that it's how do you sleep? And then it's followed by another track called how, like almost like he's asking <laughs> like twice, like again, yeah. like again. I always thought that was clever. Um, sleeps. How a dig at all, <laughs> but you know, and I'll, I'll, you know, Oh, my love is such a sweet song. How do you sleep is such a brutal song towards Paul. Yeah. And then how is such a existential kind of song. Um, yeah. I just love how, um, I was listening to that to this morning, actually. Um, and then I don't even want to, all things must pass is cheating. <laughs> um, that's yeah. what I wrote too. I've got all things must pass on my cheat list. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, if you really, I, I, I put this in my notes. Like if you're threatening me, like <laughs> you have to pick three, you know, like I would probably honestly say like, let it down, run of the mill and beware of darkness. Like, I don't know. I just, I just love those so much, but I love the acoustic version of let it down. Um, uh, then I have the doors, LA woman. Now this is the three openers, the, the changeling lover madly and been down so long. I just feel like those three really capture like the groups, like aesthetically, <laughs> like really well, <laughs> like, funky, weird, crazy, kind of like just Yeah. I don't know. Just out there, but also the soft parade. I wanted to include that one too. I do not, I, I didn't think that that would be one of my, you know, like favorite albums of theirs, but like the opener of that one's actually pretty strong with tell all the people touch me and shaman blues. Um, I've actually, I've, I've always liked those. Uh, tell all the people is kind of, kind of sounds like hokey, like, <laughs> like, like their producer was telling them what to do more than anything, but, uh, or, or someone was guiding them to sound more poppy or whatever, but I love shaman blues. You know, it's kind of more of a, a, a jazz kind of a sound. Um, but yeah, uh, and then to wrap it up, I just have two more. Um, Kanye West um, is also cheating. Um, <laughs> uh, but like the albums, I would say particularly to me that are like so hard, like pick that I would say are like cheating are like Graduation, uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and Life of Pablo. Like I just think those are so potent. Uh, but the last album I will give you three on and we can wrap up on this uh, is Florence and the Machine. Uh, and it is her debut album lungs. Um, it's the, this it's songs between two lungs. It's a very sweet song, cosmic love, which is kind of an epic, you could kind of interpret it as a relationship song between you and, a and a God type figure. Uh, and then the last one is, uh, uh, my boy builds coffins. It's kind of, a a, a weird song, but the mu the mus the musicianship and the production on it is just epic. It's just fucking epic. I don't know what it is about that song. 
I love that song. <laughs> that uh, that album is one of the very few that that my wife and I both just love mm. from beginning to end. Um, yeah, yeah, that whole thing is so good. Yeah, and even though I've heard it ten million times, even Dog Days of Summer or Dog Days Are Over is I yeah, still enjoy totally. listening to. <laughs> oh yeah, and you got the love like that. Those two songs, although like they were played a billion times, like I, it's just so good, man. Like I don't know. Like, yeah, she's one of those the opener like, and the closer, right? And and you've got the love the last track. I think it's uh, yeah, it I think so, or yeah. one of the last ones. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, she's she's one of the ones. You know, when we talked about you know, like artists that had stellar debut albums or like where like they made a signature sound right off the bat or whatever. Like, I know you would say like Led Zeppelin and maybe the Black Keys and but like, she's one that I'd be like, fuck, like when she came out on the scene, like you knew what she was about. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like, like, so just so strong, but yeah. And a great performer too. But yeah, I don't know. It's kind of random all over the place as usual, but uh, yeah, but the yeah, great music. The Good two stuff. honorable mentions yeah. that I, it, by the way, your cheat list and mine had to have quite a bit of overlap. Um, <laughs> the only, the last two, I'm not even going to really mention the tracks, but um, Begin to Hope by Regina Spector is a great album. Mm. And it's oh, a yeah. little bit in the same vein as the uh, Florence and the Machine album. It just, it's kind of a unique sound. Um, mm. But also Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. That's another one that's just cheating um <laughs> even even the even the song called pet sounds that's just like a minute of train tracks and sheep's bleeding and stuff like it's it's by the way that's bleeding b-l-e-a-t not bleed b-l-e-e-d i am not about cruelty to animals uh but yeah so i'm man yeah i had a lot of fun researching this though i, I mean it was it was pretty daunting and you should see i've got my little steno pad with my selections on it, but, um, there's, pages, there's yeah. like two or three legal pad sheets at my office with, with just scribbles of ideas that I ended up extrapolating on the steno pad, but it's just, <laughs> um, yeah, man, this is a fun topic though. I, I really enjoyed kind of thinking about it more. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you really have to be a, an album listener, you know, more than anything to, or, or to be aware of like the artists and what they've done then have a series of them which we clearly do but uh yeah it's fun <laughs> you know I, sometime um, you know i don't think i don't think we need a full episode on it but if you ever start doing like seal bonus clips um <laughs> i think we need to talk about bands that didn't make this list because i would argue that as much as i love led zeppelin they don't have an album with a three strong stretch that deserves to be on the list oh yeah yeah Maybe, yeah that'd be an interesting one yeah we can do like a, a follow-up to this one and be like yeah. these are the ones that we wanted to make the cut but just couldn't <laughs> and yeah. here's why <laughs> yeah ones we were rooting Avoid for but couldn't songs. justify it <laughs> i wanted so badly for zep to be on the list and then i was looking through their albums I'm like now oh, man they get all these runs of two songs and then there's one that's kind of like meh Maybe that was the Jimmy Page special, his curation special. He's like, we do it in twos, and then we break it with a weird one, and then we go back to two good ones, and then we break it with a weird one, and then we'll never, we'll never lose steam this way. Yeah, and they could never get three. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Well, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be too perfect out of the gate. Otherwise, that's what you're chasing for the rest of your life, right? Hmm. 
Uh, Maybe. Boy, that was <laughs> that was a lot sadder than I meant it to be. Sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> that <was> huge. <laughs> Sorry for everyone who. who <laughs> yeah. Anyway, death comes for see us all. Thank time. you very much. We'll see you. <laughs> death waits no, for you. Yeah, Thank you for listening to the podcast. Yeah, I love how you wrap it up on that. And then technically I wrapped it up on a song called My Boy Builds Coffins. So it's yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> we planned that to end it on a super cheery note. <laughs> oh, man. But no, this That's was fun. Funny. And we'll need to we'll need to figure out another one for next time. But yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thanks as always. Yeah, man. Peace out.